just love the repetition. He is for you. 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 I wonder how many times you've heard this week, no, they don't like you. No, they're not with you. No, you're alone in this. No, 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 they're against you. No, it's them and us. No, no, it's him and her. No, no, it's, it's separation. It's divi- and all God is saying to you with a loud, commanding voice is he is for you. 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 And God has more in store for you. And I love how the song within the apostolic blessing that comes from the prophet uh, that we were singing, he, he speaks and he says also, he says, weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. That's a commandment of God that we ought to follow, a mandate from heaven says, when, those, when you got brothers and sisters who are going through it, put your arm around them, pray for them, love them, mourn with them. You got somebody who starts clapping and rejoicing, you're not meant to rejoice alone. Rejoice with them. Celebrate with them. If you got somebody on your row weeping, start weeping with them. If you got somebody on your row that starts to clap, you better start clapping with them. Because we, we're, we're all meant to do this together. And God is calling us to be in unity. In agreement. I want to read this scripture to you. Genesis chapter 14, verse 18. It says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, which represents Jesus and the Holy Spirit. He was the priest of God Most High, and he blessed, everybody say blessed, him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand, and he gave him a tithe of all. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God for everything that you've done and everything that you're going to do. God, I pray that you lead us, guide us, and direct us. And I pray for all doubt and pessimism to fade. Distractions, go away. And I pray for a clear laser focus today on what you have for us. And let our hearts be open and our minds be prepared to receive what you have for us and anoint me to preach your word and accomplish your assignment today in Jesus name everybody said amen amen Amen. all right you may be seated everybody say I'm not done uh, man, I, 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 this series that came from just one message ha, has birthed into all of this, and, and God continues to speak and do more within the context of this declaration. I'm not done, because so many people uh, throughout our lives and throughout this year especially have had lots of reasons and excuses to throw in the towel and to say, I'm done. But God is saying, hey, whoa, 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 I'm not done. I know you feel like you're done, but I'm not done. Did you know God's not done? I feel like only the first three rows heard it. Do you believe that God's not done? God's not done. Those of you online, don't worry about our nation. Don't worry about the world. Don't worry about anything. I haven't been, and I won't. Why? Because my worry fades when my worship proceeds. And I don't need to worry when I know who sits on the throne. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with everything. I'm at peace with everything. That's why he says, I give you peace. Not as the world gives. I give you real peace, everlasting peace. 
peace that, that supersedes your understanding. It goes beyond comprehension. And God has got a word for you that says, I'm not done. I've got so much more. And thank God for all of us dreamers. Can I talk to the dreamers for a little bit? Thank all of us, for everybody who has an aspiration or a dream in their heart and, and a desire that he wants to fulfill the desires of your heart. And, but sometimes life can teach you, you ought to quit now. And, and we need to continue to say, I'm not done. I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. From the prophet Ian right here on the front row, he always says, just get there, young man. Just get there. Just get there. And he's talking about church. He's like, I don't care what's going on during the week. Just get there. I don't care what's happening in my life. Just get there. Somebody say, just get there. Because sometimes our flesh just wants to tell us quit. And we just want to quit. And we just want to give up. But we talked about last week how God has promises for us. And, and the promises, how many were here last week? But God has promises, and, and those promises are, are for us, not against us. And, and God's going to grow us in this. And we talked about the promise that he spoke to Abram. And because we read in Galatians chapter 3 that he said he died so that you might receive the blessing uh, and the promises. First, the promise of Abraham and the blessings of Abraham. We read in chapter 12 of Genesis that that's the promise. Today, we just read in 14, that's the blessing. Everybody say the blessing. Because the blessing is now what we're going to partake in. So I want you to take good notes. Make sure your Bible's out, your notebooks are ready. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 17 as well. May pull a few different scriptures. But we're talking about Galatians chapter 3, Genesis chapter 14, and Matthew chapter 17. And God wants to show us uh, the blessing. Because if Jesus died, he became the curse on the cross so that you could then become heirs according to the lineage of Abraham through Jesus for the blessing of Abraham? Don't you find it very important? I, a lot of churches, if, if I went to a lot of longtime believers and said, Jesus died so that you could receive the blessings of Abraham, tell me what the blessings of Abraham are. Because I know a lot of people who would claim to be mature believers and act like they're really churched. And then, if, but if I asked them, tell me the blessings then, that Jesus specifically died so you could receive, and, and, and yet we couldn't name one. And so that's the problem. We're hitting an, a problem here, and I, I want to correct a problem, and I want to be able to speak into this uh, uh, through the Holy Spirit. So when you look at this passage in Genesis, put, put it back up there, guys, uh, Genesis chapter nine, uh, 14, verse 19, go to 19, and I want to show you the three-part blessing that God has for you. So he said, blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of God most high. Underline that. that uh, that's first part and you're going to write this down, is elevation. Elevation. And we're going to talk about that today. The second piece is possessor of heaven and earth. Everybody say possession. possession. Now write that down. Possession. Make sure you take possession because we're going to talk about it's huge. Uh, and a lot of people think, oh, that's, that sounds like a, a worldly thing. No, 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 no. The Bible calls us to take possession that he only refers to the devil as the roaming wanderer who is a, a homeless person. You're the one who should take possession. So then he goes on and he says in verse 20, and blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand, underline delivered, and that is dominion. So the three-part blessing to easily remember this is in Genesis chapter 14, 18 through 20 is God wants to elevate my life. 
God wants me to help take possession in my life, and God wants me to have dominion in my life. So because if you don't have any dominion, you have no authority. If you have no authority, you're a spineless Christian who can't tell the devil to do jack squat. But you're called to command things into existence, but it's hard to do so when you, don't, when you feel impotent. And you need to feel the power of God using you to have dominion. That's what he told Abraham, or Adam at the beginning. It's what he told Noah when he came off the ark. Be fruitful, multiply, and take dominion. That's what we're called to do. We'll get there later. But first, I want to talk about elevation. Now, of course, many of you may know, even know uh, Elevation Church with Pastor Bishop Stephen Furtick. And that, that man is on fire for God. And I love that. We bless his house. And we bless his ministry because, you know what? There are a lot of people in the millions around the world who are blessed by Pastor Stephen Furtick. And I thank God for it. And, and Pastor Stephen says, put another blessing on it. Today, I'm going to say put another layer on it because it's cold outside. But we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about elevating your life. We're going to talk about going to another level. Slap your neighbor and say, we got to start climbing. Because God is calling us to... In fact, let me just ask you a question. If you have received Jesus Christ into your life at any point before today, has God, has Jesus, by a show of hands, if you have accepted Jesus and the grace of God in your life, if your life got better the moment he came in, raise your hand. Look around, look around, look around. Keep them up. Look around, look around, look around, look around. Come on, let's give God some praise. So... What that means is I am preaching to the choir. Oh, Lord, that hurt. <laughs> we, okay. Let's try it again. That means I am preaching to the choir. Yeah, there we go. Dude, that caught me off guard. Uh, so we're, we're, uh, you guys, we're, we're, we're together. We understand that, that God wants to elevate our life. God wants to elevate our thinking. God wants to elevate our heart. God wants to elevate. God, God wants to take you to higher heights. We always talk about it. We hear about it in church. I want to go to another level, but they say another level, another devil. But I, I want to go to another level with God. I want to, I want to go higher with God. I want to climb with God. I want, to, I want to go to the mountaintop with God. We hear it all throughout Scripture, right? We look in the Old Testament, and we see how Abram went to the mountaintop with Isaac. And he was at Mount Moriah, and there was the glory of God that came and met him there by his faithfulness. And so then we also see that we have the 12 spies where there was... 10 in the valley and two on the tree. And then as they were in the grass, when they were scouting out Jericho, they saw defeat and the two in the elevated position saw victory. And so God wants to at Mount Carmel, when all of a sudden Elijah says, let's deal with the sinfulness that's going on here. And he called, they all go to the mountaintop and he gets to the mountaintop and they see the fire from heaven fall down. And then all of a sudden, not after that, shortly after that, after fire comes down and then he says, now the rain's coming, but he sends his servant to the mountaintop multiple times to see the cloud of God coming because there, there's something about the mountaintop. Moses would go to where? The mountaintop to go speak with the Lord. God And he'd get the glory of God so much. He spent so much time with God, he'd come down and have to put a bag over his head because he just glowed too much and it freaked everybody out. And so he had this elevated relationship with God. And then we see it continue not only through the Old Testament, but in the New Testament. How many times have you heard on the Mount of? In the New Testament, on the Mount of Beatitudes, right? Mount Olive, Mount Hermon. Mount, it's all throughout even the Old New Testament. And all, all these, 
a powerful, massive moment. Even when you look at the Sea of Galilee, where you look where Jesus fed the 4,000 and 5,000, they were both at the top of these mountains that look down into the, the Sea of Galilee. That, that, Jesus always loved to be on the top of the mountain, and he's trying to get somebody to climb with him today because God wants to elevate your relationship today because when you elevate your relationship with him, you get to see another level of glory with him. Yet we all want the next level of glory, but we can't, we can't grasp it because maybe we're not willing or wanting to make the climb. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 17 with me. Matthew chapter 17. I got my little olive, well, what's left of a little olive branch from, it's a twig, really. It used to be like all pretty and nice, and my Bible has broken it, but it's uh, from Jerusalem, and I marked it in here because it's a memory for me of being on a mountaintop with God. And, and, I, and I want you to hear how God is, wants to take you to an elevated place. I'm going to keep saying it over and over and over throughout this whole day. So that you can hear God wants to take you higher. Amen. God wants to take you higher. God wants to take you higher. Slap your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. God wants to take you higher and God wants to elevate your relationship with him. Because some of us have gotten so stuck at a low level, lower than our potential. Lower than our purpose. And you see, the hard part is the, the, the feeling of the pull, but the draw of, of, of the down. See, we, 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 I want to go higher, but I have this pull down. I, I, I want to be, be good, but I, I have this feeling of I, I just, you know, like I, I want to do right and be righteous, but I, I, I'm going to sin on the week. I, I have this all, I, I want to be happy, but I also I, I love being miserable. And we have this downward pull and this upward pull happening, and we feel the pull happening within us. God, God wants to take us higher, but, but sometimes we just want to feel sad and wallow in our pain. And, but God's saying, no, I got joy up here. And then we, we want to go into it. We, we, we kind of love the drama and the chaos, so we dibble we dabble in, in the confusion, but God say, no, but come up here to my peace. And we, 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 we want to be holy, but sometimes we act whorish. And uh, is, is that too far? We, we, we want to go that we, we want. That's too far. Okay. I repent. But we're, we need to go. Well, I want to I live for God on Sunday, but not all the week. I, I, I have the pull. I want to be a good husband, but I also want to look at other women. I, I want to I, I oh, go to church, and I want to live for God, but I also want to be prideful and self-righteous. I, I, I have this back and forth happening with me. And, and I, I need us to see this because some of us think it's not me. And I'm looking around because I want to catch you in the eye. Because the eyes are your gateway to your soul. And I want you to understand that God is calling each and every one of us to go higher. If you, if you really want that, say, I want to go higher. I want to go higher. Okay. Let's go higher. It, you have to be in agreement. You can't, I can't drag you up the mountain. Oh, I, 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 so, so many of us, we got friends and family and loved ones and relationships Oh, but pastor, he'll get saved. I'm going to get, oh, don't worry. I'll get him there. I'll just, I'll get us there. Hold on. And I saw this one little funny, uh, uh, y'all ever watch, I'm not promoting this, by the way. Let me give the caveat, but ridiculousness. I, 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 uh, when I don't, when I don't want to think anything and I just want to zone out, I watch this show and binge watch it way too much. It's ungodly. And I need to repent for that. Lord, I repent. But 
I, there was this one video where this girl like swings this bag over and she does and she swings the bag over and she just and it pulls her feet up and she just smacks on the ground. I laughed so hard. Man, it was so fun. It was the funniest thing to me, but it was also a great visual for me because so many of us, we think, oh, I've got this and I'm going to carry them and I'm going to lug them and I'm going to bring them and God can't. No, 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 honey. You can't carry them. You're not meant to carry them. You're not meant to drag their carcass up the mountain. Even little young Isaac walked with Abram, and he was a boy. But yet we're trying to carry around grown men and women who should walk on their own. I'm not here to carry you. If you're in the back and not clapping, just give me a golf clap for a little bit. Because you need, I, I, just act like you're not one of those being carried. Because I, I, I really feel like we need, don't make me care. We carry each other in worship. The, usually it's the first three rows like trying to drag everybody else into worship. And then it's like, oh, it's just pockets of people trying to amen and hallelujah, praise God, come into agreement. Can we all just get rid of our foolishness and just say, brother, I love you, man. Let's do this together. Come on, hallelujah, praise God. Man, I'm with you, Ian. Let's go together. Let's, let's climb this stuff together. Carry your own weight. Uh, that wasn't even part of the I need to get back to the message. there's so many times, but we feel this self-righteous or false humility that are, sometimes we try to become Jesus instead of letting people experience Jesus. And while the scripture calls you to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, that doesn't mean you need to be Jesus. You need to be your own you. Next week, I'm going to preach more about this one point, but I have to touch in it because I'm speaking right to it right now, and I hear the Holy Spirit tell me. In Joshua chapter 1, it says that he said, Joshua, Moses is dead. I will be with you as I was with Moses. Nobody heard it. He said, I will be with you. No, no, I don't need you to be Moses. I'm not going to have you do the same miracles as Moses. I will be with you like I was with him. You're not going to be like him. You're not going to need to be. I need you to be you and let's do this together. You don't, I don't need a rep. I don't need another Moses. I had to kill him in the wilderness. I need a Joshua in the group that says, hey, I got this. I'm going to carry my own weight because Moses was good, man. Moses had the miracles, signs, and wonders, and he could strike a rock. And, and man, he, could have, he had a staff, and his staff parted the Red Sea. His staff struck the rock. His staff turned into a snake. He picked up a snake and said, hey, hey, look on this. It'll heal you. And Moses had a working stick. Joshua didn't even have a stick. <laughs> Some of you feel like you're stickless, just like Joshua. I can't even be this. <laughs> I, I, I don't have what he has. I, I, don't, I don't have what they, I don't have, I don't have that. I haven't done that. I haven't seen it. Good. I'm glad you haven't done the same thing I've done. That means God wants to do something new in you and elevate your life, elevate your calling. Don't be another me. I'm not trying to be another somebody. I love Pastor Steve. I love Bishop T.D. Jakes. I love Pastor Joel Osteen. I love all those guys. Preach with them, talk with them, hung out. I love them. Yes, I'm name dropping too. But I also want you to understand that I'm not trying to be them. I just want God with me like he is with them. And I'll be me genuinely to what God created me to be. And I want you to be the same thing. I don't have to dress like each other. You don't have to like the same restaurants. Right? When I got married, I didn't like Mexican food at all. 
Yeah, and the Lord healed me. <laughs> right? Miracle. Uh, I don't, you, God's going to bring you with people that you, you're, you're thinking of all the superficial things and God's thinking of all the supernatural things of why he wants to bring you and certain people together. And you're looking for like to agree upon this, the foolish things, the temporal thing. So anyway, so we need to elevate our life with God. So in Matthew chapter 17, at the beginning of 17, he says, let's climb the mountain. He said, after six days, he took Peter, James, and John. Everybody say Peter, James, and John. And he led them up on a high mountain by themselves. Number one, I want you to be prepared to be pulled apart. We talked about the pull in ourselves, but you're also going to be pulled apart from people you know. Because there were 12, but he picked three. And God is going to go ahead and say, I'm asking all of you to climb, but I can only, I'm only going to take the ones who will make the climb, who will go all the way. Because at some point, Judas is going to quit. At some point, Thomas is going to doubt. At some point, i, I got to take somebody who can make the climb with me. And I'm asking you to go ahead and say, are you one of those people who can make the climb? Because at some point, God's going to call you to be set apart, like Scripture says. Y'all know the Scripture? Set apart, holy nation, royal priesthood. You're called to be set apart. And God, in this climb, is going to say, not everybody can climb to the height, hear me, that you can climb. Not everybody can go as high as you can go. And you have a climb to make. With God, but the greatest part is, is, is you're not just stepping out trying to do something nobody's ever done. You have Jesus right in front of you. And, and some of you who feel like you couldn't make a step, God's, Jesus is telling you, I know you can't, but I'm leading the way. And if I'm with you, then I've got you. And if, I, if you're with me, then I can strengthen you. And God, Jesus is saying, look, let's make this climb together. Yes. And he's calling us into a greater elevated place of saying, let's climb this mountain. Let's go up high. Because there's two parts. He wants you to see more about him, but he also wants to see more about you. Because he's making this climb, and he's saying, do you know what's in you? Do you know how strong you are? I think some of us need to make the climb with God just to, just to be able to show I, I've got something greater in me than I thought. I, I've got to see that I'm, more, I'm made for more than I thought. I, I've got more resolve in me that I've got to be tested. And yeah, I've got to make this climb. And it's going to be hard and difficult. But I want to make the climb with Jesus because I'm worth figuring out. I'm worth figuring out like that I do have something. I ha- I'm not pathetic. I'm not worthless. I'm not weak. I'm not le- I, I am powerful. And I can make Make the climb with Jesus all the way to the top. And sometimes it's just about us figuring out who we are. We know mountains more than most. And if you're here tuning in online and you're from the valley or Florida tuning in at our home church in Florida, the one in California, you, you may be familiar with some mountains, but we're already starting at 7,000 feet elevation. Some of you would be barely breathing after worship in this place. Uh, but we, we, have, we have trained and acclimated to a, to a higher elevation because the higher you go, things have to change because the air gets thinner and it gets colder. Today it's cold on 7,000 feet, but there's a mountain over 12,000 feet. It's a lot colder up there on on top of that mountain. And so as you're climbing, the air is going to get thinner and colder. And sometimes you're going to have to change what you're wearing. You're going to have to change your outfit a little bit. 
You're going to have to adjust the way that you're climbing. You're going to have to adjust because what all the nice warm stuff you were wearing down in the valley won't fit. Your old identity in the valley won't fit on the mountain. You're going to have to look a little. By the time you get to the top, you're going to have to look a little bit different because you're going to have to warn something, carry something. Put on, the Bible says put on the garment of praise. Put on my garment of righteousness. You ought to put another garment on. Come on, somebody. Who's hearing me? When the enemy tells you stay in the valley, I'm going to put another garment on and start climbing with it. When the enemy tells me I'm not good enough, oh, I'm going to put on the garment of righteousness because God said I am. Every time the enemy says quit, 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 give up here. Oh, this is 7,000 feet high enough. Right? That's pretty good. It's better than all you people in the valley. We're pretty high. But are you satisfied with good enough in your life when God's got more than enough? God has more than enough for us, and we got to put on another. Oh, I just want to talk about putting on garments. I could preach on that all day long. Put on the garment of joy, the garment of praise, the garment of righteousness. Put on God's garments that he has for you because he's got plenty of layers. Remember when I said layer up? We don't need to just put another blessing on it. We need to put another layer on it and say, God, I am calling to put another layer of you on me. Because aren't we supposed to be in the reflecting image of Christ? People see us, they see Christ. And so we got to put on Christ, put on Christ, put on Christ as we ascend to the top. And then it says this, and behold, or sorry, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. His clothes changed. They became as white as light. See, his garments changed at the top. God wants to change some things. And in this moment of transfiguration, uh, uh, there's some transforming. And didn't Jesus say, everything I've done, you need to do also? Yeah. If you're going to be buried with me, you'll be risen with me. Yeah. And he said, if, I, if he was transformed, can we be transformed? Aren't we called to be transformed by the renewing of our mind and become something different? Think about Jesus. How cool would that be? Jesus is up there. He goes up in brown, comes down in white. It's like Gandalf the gray and Gandalf the white. That's, sorry, that's the nerd me coming out. But I, 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 you see this change happening and all of a sudden, like all this, Jesus is just transforming. In front, now, they use the word transfiguration because it was a process of transforming. It didn't, he didn't walk up and hit the first step and changed instantly. He was transfigured before them and he was showing the process of your transformation may take a few turns and you may take a little while to tra- change a little. Even Jesus needed a couple turns. So if Jesus needed a couple, can we be patient with each other while we're turning? In the middle of, some people just want to judge each other. Oh, they ain't per, no, 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 not yet. Oh, they're still like that. They still haven't grown out of that. They still haven't made, they still aren't better. They still haven't let that go. Come on, just be patient with me. Be patient with me while I'm changing. Can you be patient with yourself? And not quit in the middle of your turn. While the caterpillar soon becomes the butterfly. Don't, don't try to come out of the cocoon too early. Allow the transformation to happen and say, I'm not done. Shout it, people. I'm not done. I want to grow. I don't want to come out halfway. 
I want to come out totally changed. I want to come out on, I want to come down. When we come back down from the mountain, we ought to come back down shining and glowing just like Moses and Jesus. But sometimes we come down too early because we quit halfway. But God is saying, look, if you'll just wait for the transformation to take place. Oh, he said, the Bible says he'll turn my mourning for joy. He'll turn my sorrow for dancing. And as soon as I, if I just let myself spin and turn it up, I can come back down the mountain a new man. Oh, come on. Holy Spirit, I hear you preaching. Holy Spirit's telling me to tell you right now, give yourself some patience. Give yourself a, some time. Because you're, we're, trying to, we're trying to get it all downloaded. Oh, we live in this quick 30-minute, 20-minute message, 120-character world where we want to change our life in, in 120 characters. We think the next tweet is what's really going to make us. Let me just tell you, baby, I got to preach at least for 40, 45 minutes every Sunday, and it's going to take time. Don't expect it to happen in one service. It's going to happen over time, and I'm going to give myself to the Lord so before I go back out into the world and into my world, workplace and into my places of influence, I'm going to wait till I'm transformed because then I'll be ready and I'll be able to step out. Yeah, I could hear my security clapping out there. If they're clapping, y'all better be clapping because there ought to be this mode of, of something's changing. Oh, somebody say it. Something's changing. Oh, touch your heart and say something's changing in me. Something's changing in me. Something's changing in me. Something's changing in me. I don't want to come down the way I went up. I want to come down. To, I, want, I want to come into the house of God and come out glowing. I want, to, I want to go home and I want to spend time with Jesus and I want to spend the rest of my Sunday not watching football but listening to praise and worship. And I want to keep this transformation. Some of us, we want it to happen in just this service time so we can go about our own will and own way and own day. And God's saying, I need more time with you. I need you to turn a little bit more, turn a little bit more, pray a little bit more, worship a little bit more, press in a little bit more. Don't give up. You're almost there. But you've got to keep climbing and you got to get to the top and you got to allow the transformation to happen. Oh, I got to be quick. This is only point one, guys. We got to, you got to see how God is calling you to the mountain because a walk in relationship is what brought them, not their qualifications. James and John weren't qualified to come. Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John had a relationship. The Bible says they were just praying with him when the others fell asleep. John would be the one who would lay on Jesus' chest at the Last Supper. This is relationship qualified them. So everybody who says, I'm not good enough, oh, God says, no, but I love you, and I'm with you. And no, if, if you're my daughter, if you're my son, we can do this together. We're making the walk. It's just like Abraham looking to Isaac and said, Isaac, we're going to make the walk together, young man. Let's do this. And they he takes them all the way to the top of the mountain to see God's glory be revealed. And Isaac saw the angel just as much as Abraham saw the angel of the Lord. And you get to see the work of God before you because you get to make the climb. And so because of relationship, God brought him to the top. And then, let's see what happens. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, <laughs> talking with them. How many would love to be a fly on the wall? I don't even have time to preach about the miracle that Peter, James, and John, and the writer of Matthew, Matthew, uh, uh, the Peter, James, John, Matthew, all knew it was Moses and Elijah, never having met or seen Elijah. I'll, food for thought. 
Then it goes in and it says this, then Peter answered and said, Jesus, did you hear Jesus ask a question? Say, poor Peter. He's about to learn a lesson. So he, Peter answers a question that Jesus did not answer. He said, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Uh, duh, Peter. <laughs> if you wish, let us make three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. See, Peter, let, let's not beat up on Peter first. Let's talk about how great Peter is. Yeah. Right, Pip? Praise, praise, praise. Uh, so pr- Peter was really good, and, and Peter, Peter was a bad dude. Peter was a man of God. Peter was powerful. Peter, right before this, Peter was communing with God in heaven because Jesus says, who do they say I am? The other guys got it wrong. Some of them didn't even begin to answer, but Peter said, you are the Christ. And he began to speak and he said, flesh and blood has not spoken that to you, but my father in heaven. So Peter already had this relationship that was strong and powerful with God. And he knew Jesus. He knew God and he was ready, but that was the revelation in the valley. And now Peter, because he he had a good revelation when he was in the valley, thought he was qualified for the mountain. Let me bring an idea to the table since I brought the last answer. And Peter decides to speak up when he wasn't asked to speak at all because when you're at a new elevated place with God, you need to be quiet first and listen and learn before you speak. And God is calling you because in the valley, Peter was the smartest of the 12. On the mountaintop, Peter was the least of the group that was there. And sometimes you're the smartest in the room in the valley and you like that because it fuels your pride. But God is calling you to a mountaintop where you're not the smartest in the room anymore. You don't have all the answers anymore. You're not the most talented it anymore. And God's saying, I'm bringing you to an elevated place where you will see my greatness and my glory. No, you're not qualified to be at this table. No, you are not powerful enough to be in this presence, but I'm allowing you to be at the top with me so I can draw great, so I can bring you to another level. Because if you're, that's our flesh constantly wants us to stay in the valley because we're the big fish in the little pond. I'm, I'm, I'm the most holy of my friends. I, 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 if you're the most holy, you need to get some new friends. If, if you know the most about your Bible compared to the people you know around you, you need to have some other friends. You need, you, it, the valley, it represents our lowest potential. Your basement. And God's calling you to the penthouse. And soon, if you climb with God... All of a sudden, what used to be your basement level will now be the penthouse beneath your feet. And now you'll be standing on a higher height with God and say, I used to have to be way down there, but now my lowest potential. Now for Peter, his lowest potential starts at the top of the mountain. And now it only goes up from there because God is saying, I've got greater glory for you. I'm not, fin- I'm not done. I didn't run out of glory. I didn't run out of miracles. I didn't run out of signs and wonders. I didn't run out of a touch from God. I've got more. I'm not not done. <clears throat> and poor Peter, he, he brings a carnal idea to a heavenly revelation. And, and, and this, and, G, and, and they didn't even respond. Jesus didn't even answer, neither did Moses and Elijah. They just looked, you know the look. Because <laughs> no one said a thing to Peter. In fact, one version of the gospel says, he wished not, he said. In other words, Peter don't know what he's talking about. So Peter shut up, and then the cloud descended upon the mountain. 
And for the second time only in the New Testament, the clouds parted and God spoke and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved son. And it silenced everything. And then Jesus was transformed. Moses and Elijah disappeared. They came down from the mountain, totally different people. And those three got to experience the other, didn't, the other nine did not get to. I wonder which, which spectrum we're on. Are we one of the 10 uh, scouts who went out to scout out Jericho only seeing defeat? Or are we one of the two that saw victory? Are we one of the nine who didn't get to experience the glory? Or are we one of the three who get to experience God's glory? Which one do you, let me ask you, which one do you want to be? Which one do you want? Because at some point in our relationship with Christ, he said, hey, I've got the key to your identity. I know you're going to find out more about me up there, but it's really about finding about who you are. And all the while, he took the key to our identity, put it in his pocket, and then he whispered to each and every one of us, and he said, come, follow me. And he said, come on, let's go. And he said, let's go up to the top of the mountain. And he took Peter on this whole journey for three and a half years. And he took him up to the top of the mountain because Peter kept walking with him. He said, don't give up, Peter. I've got." And every time Peter wanted to quit, he remembered Jesus had the key. Every time you feel like quitting, you feel like going back, you feel like turning away, remember that you got to keep following Jesus because he's got the key to your identity. And Jesus is bringing you up the mountaintop. Why? To elevate you. We see it happen again with Peter. He came down the, the mountain and had to learn it again. Denied by the fire. Denounced Jesus. Then went back to fishing even lower. And then Jesus came and got him. And walked him all the way back up. All the way back up. Where, guys? To the upper room. And he got to an elevated place where God's glory fell. And then he was able to come out because of the glory that was on him and speak with the power of God. And 3,000, in fact, forget about the 3,000 right now. Tens upon tens of thousands of people flooded to this one little building where they said, what is going on in that little room over there with that 120? Oh, can somebody hear the Holy Spirit right now? What is going on with you people at Bridge Church? What's going on in that little room in, in 7,000 feet in Flagstaff? What is happening over there in your life, in your I want to be a part of the glory of God coming down. Oh, somebody believe it. I'm not done. I'm not done. Come on, if you believe it, shout, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. And I got to end just because of time, but gosh, I, I want, I'm going to keep going next week and I'm going to go into finally possession because there's two other points here, guys possession, but I want to teach you about how powerful, possess, because a lot of people want to deny having possessions. But when you own something, you have charge of something. If you're the guest, you have no authority. And yet God wants you to have authority. We're praying prayers and nothing's going anywhere because we're still operating like a guest. Even when it comes to the children of Israel, 30 years as a guest, no authority turned them into slaves for 400 years. Am I in the Bible? 30 years. Then after 30 years of just being a guest because it was comfortable. 
They became 400 years a slave, then 40 years in wandering. And finally, they were able to step into their promised land after all those years and, and then take ownership and say, God, you called us to possess the land. I'm called to inherit the land. I, I need this. I want this. Can I, can I share one scripture with you before we pray? One scripture, one scripture, one, one more. Uh, go to Matthew chapter uh, 18, verse 19. In fact, just one chapter. I closed my Bible or else I'll go back to it. Do you have it? I'm going to try to beat you. If I beat you, I don't know what will happen. Okay. Oh, my God, it's in red. I don't know. All right, I'll come real close so I can see it. <clears throat> oh, this is the new King James Version. I want you to see this. It's a little bit newer than the King James. We'll go there in a minute. But I want you to see this. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree, everybody say, I agree. agree. First, you need to come into agreement lest you cannot have anything. On earth, concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Okay, now let me, remember, I'm talking about possession and I'm talking about how we're called to possess. Go, Go to the old King James. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything. See, it's so important to go back and understand all the canon of Scripture clearly through the Greek and through the Hebrew because it means if we stand together and we come together and we pray for our brother and sister and we lay hands on them, then God says that area is yours. Take possession. It's going to be done. I'm calling it. I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you. We got to come together. We're waiting on God, and God's waiting on us. And God's saying, get together. First, get in agreement with me. Then get in agreement with each other and say, lay hands on that new building you want. Lay hands on that new home you want. Lay hands on that baby that you want. Lay hands on it and pray for it. Oh, hallelujah. I told you, this message has got me so fired up. it's, It's because we're not done. Everybody's waiting for the tick-tocking and the counting down of the year to be done. But God is saying, I'm not done. I know you are, but don't quit on me. I've still got days. I've got hours. I've got blessing. i got promise. It's like we're waiting for January 1, 2021 for God to finally come back and help us. But God is saying, I'm not done, nor have I ever left. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Quit waiting for another day. Tomorrow is not promised. Oh, let's pray. I I hear you, Holy Spirit, settling on this point right here. And Lord, we thank you, God. We're going to close this for now. But God, you're going to reopen it next week and go to a whole nother level. And I thank you, God. We're going to make the climb. We're going to make the climb. If this message spoke to you and you want an elevated life with Christ, I want you to raise your hand here and online. Thank you for almost every single hand raised. Praise the Lord. If you want an elevate, let me make it very clear. Keep your hands up. If you want an elevated relationship with Jesus, raise your hand. If you want to stay in the doldrums of the valley, keep your hand down. God is looking for people who are serious to make the climb. I want to be one of the three. I want to be one of the two spots. I want to be Elijah climbing to the top, calling down fire. 
Oh, somebody's seeing your potential and purpose now. Look up, look, look up as you as you got your as you got your hands raised. I want you to like look to the heavens, look to God, and begin to look and see your mountain, see your climb, see Jesus in front of you. Holy Spirit, show a vision right now, God. To every single hand raised and heart open, there is potential. There are dreams. There's an elevated mindset, heart set, spiritual dimension that you are calling us to. And Lord, only you can take us there. There's a new dimension. Oh, hear me, people of God. There's a new dimension that he's calling you to. And God is saying, take some walks with me. Take a step with me. Climb with me. Don't give up on me. Holy Spirit, help us climb. Elevate our life. Elevate our perspective. Lord, we thank you, God. You're bringing an elevated life to us right now with every hand raised. They're getting an elevated life right now. And those who receive it, just begin to say amen and receive it. Be coming to it. Say, I'm coming into agreement, God, with where you are calling me and what you called me to do and who you called me to. I'm going to have to let some people go down on the bottom, but I got to climb to the top and I can only go with those who are willing to climb. Lord, help me identify those who are climbing with me. And those I need to let go. Thank you, Jesus. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, you can put your hands down. If you want to maybe rededicate your life to Jesus or give your life to Jesus for the very first time, today's your day. If you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he died on that cross for you, buried, rose again three days later, poured out his Holy Spirit, If you believe in him and call upon his name, you shall be saved. If that's you, with nobody looking around, I want you to raise your hand right now. Thank you for the hands shooting up all over this house. Keep them up. Nobody's looking around. I'm going to pray with you. Thank you for the ones online. For every hand raised and heart open, I want you to, everybody, to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, Jesus, I receive you now now. as my Lord, as my my Savior, as my my Heavenly Father. I'm forever yours, and I am saved. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise. Come on. Let's go. Amen. Wow, what a word this morning. So good. And, you know, as you were speaking even, there's so much to this message that truly even began this last Wednesday at our first Wednesday service. Yeah. And so uh, if you didn't get to attend that service, please be sure to go to our archive messages on YouTube or Facebook and partake in that because I do feel like this message is setting us up so strongly for 2021 and what God is going to be doing. So what a good day. Let's leave here full of the spirit of God. Let's say this together. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am the carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen. We are so glad that you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision today, 
Whether that be dedicating your life to Christ for the first time or rededicating your life to Christ, email us at info at wearebridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you are joining our Bridge Church online family for the very first time, we have a special gift for you. Email us at info at wearebridge.church to share some information so we can get that gift out to you. We're so happy that you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. Make sure to stay connected because we are so much better together.